It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We've been covering the Bengals for a while here on the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available anywhere you get your podcasts, free and on YouTube. We're all over the place. Find James on Twitter at James Rapine. Find me at Jake Lisko for all of your Bengals content and James, Zach Taylor has been extended. We're going to start there. We're going to talk about some of the Bengals' key free agents coming up this offseason as well. Because coming off a Super Bowl loss, a lot of teams actually are fine. This idea of a Super Bowl hangover, I looked into it a little bit this morning. I I asked people for research. And one of the things that goes into it, and we'll have a lot of time to talk about it, is keeping your good players together and then building on it. And so we're going to take a look at which good players the Bengals have to keep together in 2022. But let's start with the contract extension for head coach Zach Taylor. I don't see any way this wasn't happening. This was in the works for a while. Malik Wright even went so far as to say, and we're going to try to get him on the show uh, in the near future if we can, that the coordinator's extensions were done some time ago. Taylor, though, four-year extension under contract now for five more seasons through the 2026 season. And... I guess when you take your team to the Super Bowl, that's what you get. There are a lot of people, though, James, that are not still to this day to to a Super Bowl loss, still not thrilled with Zach Taylor. But but for me, this extension does make sense. And I think there's a lot to talk about with it and a lot of angles to discuss. But the the Bengals got it done. Yeah, and they were going to get it done. It was something that was going to get done. Um Malik's right. They get it. Malik right. Malik's right. They they had the Callahan and Anarumo extensions basically done after those guys interviewed for other head coaching jobs, and it was clear they were staying. And so that was going to happen. Taylor was going to get extended. Was he going to get four years? Had they just beat the Raiders, you know, or something like that? Maybe not. Or had they lost to the Raiders? Maybe not four. He was getting extended though. You know, it was a successful season in the front office's eyes, and I, I understand it. And So you can look at it two ways to me with this extension. You can look at it as, uh, and we've talked about all the gripes with Super Bowl uh, 56, Um, the personnel decisions, right? The play calling, uh, playing, having Mixon on the bench uh, in critical moments and Zach Taylor owning up to that on Wednesday. Um, All of those things. And you could either say, one, why the hell would you give him that long of an extension given those mistakes on the biggest stage? Or two, this is a head coach that has clearly shown a progression from when he started to where he is right now as a head coach after three seasons. And I do think he's getting better. I do think he's improving. And I think as a 38-year-old, he's shown the ability to adapt, change, and get better. And so you can be a pessimist, right, and say, well, why the hell would you give him that? 
or B, you could say, okay, well, I see the vision. Clearly, he's gotten better every year. And if this continues and the roster gets better, you know, you want to see what it, he would be like with a, a better offensive line as a play caller. Then you, you see the, the vision regardless. So I think there's two ways you can look at it. Uh, but either way, I think everybody knows that this was coming. And it should. He does deserve an extension. He shouldn't go into 2022 as a lame duck coach after going 10 and 7 and taking his team to the Super Bowl. That being said, despite that, despite what he did this season, I do think it's fair to say, is he, you know, is he going to be the guy that gets this team not to a Super Bowl, but win a Super Bowl? I, I, I get I get having reservations about Zach Taylor still. Um, but he's shown that progression, that upward trajectory, and that uh, that has to be uh, what the Bengals front office saw when they gave him this deal. Yeah, and there are a lot of things to talk about with the head coach. And with Zach Taylor specifically, he calls the plays on offense. And that is the most highly scrutinized thing, it seems like, besides maybe timeout usage or something like that for mm-hmm. a coach, for a head coach in football. And you're right. There, there have been times that, He's been under criticism fairly. And in my opinion, sometimes when he's been under criticism unfairly for some of the choices that he's made in game, the, the, the mix and not being on the field thing for the final drive is going to drive us nuts for a while. And, you know, go back to the San Francisco game, the choice not to put the ball in Burrow's hand on third down. You think they repeated that mistake with Samaj Piran in the Super Bowl? Maybe you're right. Maybe not. I, I, I again, I think I said this after the game, could see the the idea of running the ball there as, as third and one. You should be able to convert a one-yard gain, and Piran nearly did. I was wrong when I said that he did on replay. It was actually, I was watching the replay on my phone. It's his hand not carrying the ball that gets past the line of scrimmage. It was still a bad spot for what it's worth. But anyway, I digress. You can have your qualms with Taylor's play calling. But where it was unfair to me, James, is, we talked about this all playoffs long. They're not calling the offense they want to call. They're not running the offense they want to run. Everything is a three-step drop. And and I made the mistake on Wednesday or, or decision of watching JT O'Sullivan's Joe Burrow breakdown from the Super Bowl. And even in the Super Bowl, I'm thinking, man, if Joe Burrow's confident in his offensive line, like not just saying he's confident, but actually confident, and they can call five-step, seven-step drops, and Joe Burrow can actually work the backside of some of these plays, and you can actually, instead of just running mirrored concepts, running dragon on both sides of the field, you can actually have a backside concept, which is where the Rams killed the Bengals in the Super Bowl on some of those over routes. So like Odell Beckham, for example, for a big play. Cooper Cup got one too, I think. Joe Burrow's going to take a step. He's going to level up. And he was already really good this year. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, is it the play calling or is it the personnel decisions? And obviously some of the decisions about the offensive line fall on Zach Taylor and this coaching staff because they're highly involved with the front office in Cincinnati. We know that. But it's just such a back and forth, right, that it makes you wonder how much better he can be or would be if he has an offensive line. He's admitted that he's made mistakes. You would like to think he'd learn from them. And and he said it himself. He would like to think that head coaches are allowed to improve as well. And that's what the Bengals are banking on here because the culture is A-plus fantastic. And, and that's a big part of head coaching too. He's going to get scrutinized for the play calling stuff. And fair enough, that's his job. But 
the the culture he's created shouldn't be overlooked either. And I think that everyone can agree that that is absolutely fantastic. And that's why it like the biggest reason for optimism is how the culture has changed and how the Jim Turners are gone and how it feels like everybody's bought in and Lou Anarumo's evolution and all of these things. Right. So again, much like a, a Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase and T Higgins, right. That trio, you would hope that, Zach, uh, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, Lou Anarumo would just continue to slowly get better and continue to progress and continue uh, to, to improve. And if they do, well, man, we saw how what Lou Anarumo can do with guys that he feels confident in. We saw what what Brian Callahan could do dialing up different plays and, and really being a, an extension of Zach Taylor, how they work. And so I, I think the potential's there, but it, it's going to come back to the offensive line all offseason long, right? And so that's the part of it that uh, we're going to have to talk about, that we're going to cover, and that we're going to discuss uh, for the next couple of months. And, and even after that, probably, regardless of the moves we make or they make, uh, we're still going to be talking uh, about what, uh, how that's going to impact the trenches because that's the next key to unlocking this team. And a couple key offensive linemen are free agents, at least key as in starters this season. We'll dive into those guys and more next right here on Locked on Bengals. But first, a word from betonline.net. Because football season, well, it's over, but basketball is full steam ahead with the NBA, with the college game, March Madness right around the corner. And, well, you can get all the latest odds, player performance props, where the next fired head coach is going to land, all in one spot, betonline.net, the number one spot for all of your betting needs. And right now, they got not just basketball coverage. No, they got hockey. They got boxing. They have UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at betonline.net, where the game starts. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes – It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Offensive line, offensive line, (laughs) offensive line. We've been saying it for three years, and we're going to keep saying it. Let's start there for the Bengals free agents. Riley Reef, Quentin Spain, the the two big free agents for the Bengals on the offensive line. Fred Johnson, technically also a restricted free agent, by the way. Wouldn't shock me if the Bengals don't tender – Fred Johnson is a restricted free agent. And I can't remember the last time. I'm I'm sure this has happened. I just can't remember it. The last time the Bengals non-tendered an RFA 
doesn't really matter, I guess, too much in this case. But the big questions will be Riley Reef and Quentin Spain. Because yeah. with this offensive line, I think everyone's looking for four new starters, three new starters, two new starters. And those questions start with, do the Bengals think Riley Reef has another year? Do the Bengals think Quentin Spain has another year? Because Quentin Spain, while he started the year great and, and wasn't bad by any means, did have his ups and downs this year, especially as the year wore on. Those are two big decisions for this team in the trenches at the most important position for this team in the offseason. Well, uh, fourth and one, Quentin Spain, we talked about it with Sands on, on Wednesday, on Wednesday's show. You need to check that one out. You can't get beat to the outside, right? He had help on the inside with Hopkins, and he got beat to the outside. Spain, that can't happen. And that's why Jeffrey Simmons came at him on Twitter and all that stuff. Like, I get it's Aaron Donald. I do. I understand it. But that was the one spot you couldn't get beat, right? So to me, and this is just how I view Quentin Spain, he's a backup. And so, you know, if you need him to start, that's great. And if he's your your worst starter, that's fine. But he's their second best starting offensive lineman going into that game. Like he just – he was for most of the year. And, and you know, I, I get it. Trey Hopkins was playing better. But Isaiah Prince and, and the right guard, just craziness – Quentin Spain was at worst their second best guard or second best offensive lineman behind Jonah. And maybe you'd have him at a Jonah or whatever. That's fine. Take it normally, whatever. Um, but to me, I view him like as a, a, a low end starter. If, if you have, to, so if he's your lone starter, you're bringing back at, at the guard spot and, and, and you're replacing, you know, center, right guard, right tackle. That's Okay. Um, if you sign Riley Reef to a one-year deal, I'm not I'm not against it, but that means that you've invested heavily on the interior unless you plan on playing him inside. And I don't think they would do that, by the way. They already moved him from left tackle to right tackle this year. I don't think they would keep moving him. Maybe they do, you know, and they go that route. Um, but yeah, I'm okay with both both guys being back. But if they're both back and essentially sharpied as starters at, at the positions they started at already. Like that's tough, man. Uh, I, I, and if it's a new left guard, a new right guard, a new center, and it's Riley reef at right tackle, I think that's fine. Right. If there's one of those guys, but if both are just in there as uh, as starting linemen and, and like in your projected 53 man, you know, roster and, and those are the guys that are starting. I, I think that that's going to be a bit underwhelming. What say you? Yeah, I, I'm, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my reaction. James can see my reaction. I, I'm I was looking plus. at the camera. I, di- I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't see you too mo- too well. So <laughs> I, I'm having a hard time keeping it together. I mean, Quentin Spain got paid a million dollars last year. That's yep. backup money. That's veteran backup money. He played. The, the Bengals got great value for that money. If if Quentin Spain wants to come back on that deal, fine. And and I feel like it, it wasn't like a huge priority for the Bengals to bring him back last year. He played better this year for sure. He's, he's yeah. in a contract year again, right? He's 30 years old. He's trying to, or almost 30 years old, trying to get another contract or two, bag a couple more million bucks before he's, he's done in the NFL. I'm fine with him back for, for similar money. I'm not trying to invest heavily in Quentin Spain. I mean, I, I feel kind of bad saying it. I like him. I like him as a Bengal I like him as as a left guard. I'm shooting a little bit higher than than a couple guys, a couple of veterans that are probably on one year deals. 
And I hope the Bengals are shooting a little bit higher here too. I don't think Quentin Spain is going to really want to come back on a, on a prove it deal again. I think he's looking for, you know, that, that contract and somebody might give him an opportunity to start. I don't know. He, he did put Aaron Donald on his face a couple times or at least once. That was kind of cool, but you're right. When it counted, he, he didn't make that play. And, and that's kind of what you get with him. He's making a lot of plays and other times he's missing some plays. I don't know. I don't think he's a perfect scheme fit for what they want to do running the ball, although he was fine in that area, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just not very exciting, right? I'm looking for, for exciting. Like last year, our standard for the offensive line was be okay. They were okay for part of the year. And then they weren't okay anymore. Yeah. And, and this year, the standard is higher because Joe Burrow has a knee injury again. I, I mean, how, how are we back here? I mean, it's not a severe MCL sprain, according to Zach Taylor. Should be fine. Yeah. Obviously didn't leave the game, was able to walk, didn't have to have his knee immobilized or any of this stuff. But I mean, we, we can't be we can't be doing this again. We can't be talking about another hundred hit year for Joe Burrow. I, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's just unacceptable. And, and so it's not very exciting, those two guys. And the, the other big name on offense, James, is there anything else you wanted to throw in on those two guys? Yeah, just the depth. Yeah, I'm fine with bringing both back. You need depth. OK, you can't be turning to Isaiah Prince or banking on a, a rookie who had discipline issues in Jackson Carmen, uh, you, you know, uh, and, and by discipline, I mean work ethic concerns, um, to, to make a, a transition from college left tackle to right guard, where it's much different on the inside. Any offensive lineman will tell you that, that it's, it's much faster, it's tougher against some of these guys. They're not necessarily tough. It, it's just different to be a day one starter. You, you can't do that. And so bringing those guys back would be great, especially if you're going to draft a rookie and, and expect them to play right away at tackle, at either tackle spot. Um, but then at the same time, to your point, I think it's about spending money and, and throwing money at the problem. The same way they did defense. It's not like they've drafted great on defense. They threw money at that problem and they got it right. They got to do the same thing on the offensive line. Go ahead with the other offensive player you want to talk about. Yeah, the, the big thing there you said that I really agree with is they have to get it right. Uh, yeah, the other guy, CJ Uzama, right? They have some yep. minor free agents. Mike Thomas, we'll see if he's back, was a good special teamer. Joe Burrow likes him. You talked about that a few times this year. Stanley Morgan is a restricted free agent, so they will almost certainly tender Stanley Morgan, I think. I, I don't think that's going to be a uh, a Fred Johnson situation. Auden Tate, also a free agent. I think we can count his days in Cincinnati as complete, for better or for worse. Trent Irwin, exclusive rights, free agent for the Bengals. So that's, I think, it on the offensive side of the ball. Brandon Allen. And, and I think that at some point, maybe not today, we talk about whether, you know, this is a year to invest in a little bit of a higher-end backup quarterback, a Blaine Gabbert type or, or a Marcus Mariota type instead of a Brandon Allen. Oh. But we'll, we'll come back to that. CJ Uzama is, is a guy that I thought – Early in the season, you know this. I thought he, he his days in Cincinnati were as good as done. I thought this was going to be it for him. This was going to be his last season. And since that time, he has really, in my opinion, embraced a, a big leadership role on this team. And mm. part of that is, you know, he, he is right in the middle of this tight locker room. He got paid about, uh, what, $6 million 
in 2021. His cap hit was just over $6 million. I am not aware of any additional bonuses that he earned. Got some some game day active bonuses. But what kind of contract are you willing to give CJ Uzama to come back? Because I would like to see him back at this point. I would like to see the tight end room added to it as well, but I would like CJ Uzama to be back. Yeah, I, I'm willing to bring him back for sure because I, I think he's a big part of it. To me, it, it's one to two years, right? In that six minute, like if you can get him for two years, 12, like I'm – I'm okay with that. I think that's okay. I think anything past that, and maybe it's three years and that third year is just, there's nothing there because I think some teams will be interested in him in, in like his personality and, and like what he brings uh, as a pass catcher and as a blocker. And I think that's valuable, especially when you're going to have a lot of turnover in the, in the trenches, right? You expect that. And I'm not saying they don't need another tight end. I wouldn't mind them, them looking at another one, right? You know, if Rob Gronkowski really wants to come to Cincinnati, well, Hey, hey, Rob, let's go, man, because you, you could be a little bit of a weapon here. And uh, I'll show you all the, the cool spots because there's plenty to do in Cincinnati and you'll, you'll get your fair share of built bars. But even then, like even if you brought in someone like that or even if you drafted a mid-round tight end, it would still be good to have C.J. Uzama, you know, and, and so that's what I would come back to. So I'm not breaking the bank for him. I'm not giving him a ton. But I think two years, 12, I think he'd probably be happy with that because he gets to play with uh, the guy he calls franchise. Yeah, I mean the, the the challenging thing about tight end is from a from an on field perspective, I think that there are some options that could do what CJ Uzama does. Like, you know, there there are a lot of good tight ends as free agents this year. Mike Gusecki, Dalton Schultz, Rob Gronkowski on the high end, David Njoku. If you want to bet on the athleticism, Zach Hurts for the veteran that you love, Gerald Everett, Evan Engram, Max Williams. I mean, Mo Ali Cox, who who's a guy that may be underused in, in Indianapolis, like. Bob Tanyan, who who got famous last year in Green Bay. Like, there's a lot of guys there. So yeah. how, how important is CJ Uzama's locker room presence is a question. And, and maybe maybe I'm shooting too high with that number, right? Um, because you're right. A lot of those guys, you, you set them, and I'm like, ooh. And we'll talk yeah. about them at a later date. But I'm like, oh. And, and yeah. so that's the thing. Like, if I'm signing Uzama, it's not necessarily stopping me from going after one of those other guys, if that makes sense. Because I, yeah. I do think that they could use two tight ends that aren't Uzama and not necessarily him, but Drew Sample. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. We'll get to the defensive free agents for the Cincinnati Bengals, where I think the decisions are a little bit harder in some places and one that should make itself coming up next. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. James Jesse Bates, 
mm-hmm. is the marquee free agent on the defensive side of the ball. For completion's sake, let's just hit all of them real quick, and we'll talk about a few of them in greater depth. But in order, I think, of, of intrigue and, and priority, Jesse Bates, B.J. Hill, Larry Ogunjobi, Josh Tupo, Ricardo Allen, Eli Apple, and then it kind of gets into some some contributors, Trey Flowers, Jalen Davis, Jordan Evans. I, I don't think Vernon Hargreaves is back. Uh, and, and Darius Phillips, no. who I don't think is back either. The one exclusive rights or restrictive free agent on the defensive side of the ball is Wyatt Ray. So he'll get a chance to make the team again next year. And I think yep. he deserves it. I think he was a serviceable rotational piece. But I'm also looking for the Bengals to get better in the trenches if, if you've paid any attention to my tweets. But Jesse Bates is top of mind. The franchise tag for safeties this year is projected to be right around the $13 million mark. The Bengals will at the very worst, I believe, franchise tag Jesse Bates. I think they'll try to get an extension done. But the extension, to be fair to the Bengals, would have a higher annual average value than the franchise tag which is maybe why this becomes a little bit tricky. Jesse Bates admitted himself that the contract stuff was distracting him early in the year. We didn't see 2020 Jesse Bates until the playoffs, but then we saw 2020 Jesse Bates in the playoffs. And, And then it's like, okay, yeah, you just get it done, right? And it wouldn't surprise me to see him play on the franchise tag, James, because... The, the kind of money he wants, and we, we talked about it last offseason with the agent he has, the Bengals might still balk at that, especially if they are prioritizing the offensive line. But either way, Jesse Bates is going to be a Bengal next year, I think. No, they'll, they'll franchise tag him, and I think that's the most likely scenario yeah. as we sit here today because of that. It, why would the Bengals agree to pay X amount guaranteed, $18 million plus per and I get the locker room pres- precedence and all I, I do uh, in, in how the, you know, the cat could go up or will go up and it could his number could go up, all of those things. But, and, and this is the thing, man, and, and fa- you're not going to like this. Fans are not going to like this. He was underwhelming for most of the year. And it's not just about the playoffs. And he, he dropped the, the pick six against the, the 49ers. And he had those issues like that. It does matter. And so if you're still asking for the same number that you were asking before the season, when the Bengals said, go prove it again, go show you're a pro bowler and an all pro. And then you didn't do it, even if you were great in four games in the playoffs. And I get it. I understand it. And everyone saw those recently. I would be surprised if the Bengals are like, oh, you're right, Jesse. We're going to make you the highest paid safety in the NFL or the second highest paid safety in the NFL when they have the control, they'll just franchise tag him and it'll be prove it that that'll be what they say. Just like they did last year. He's still young. Right? So uh, I, I, if I had to like put betonline.net odds on it, I would say that that's the most likely. Um, And I'll actually think about the odds and give them to you later. But, but, but as far as that, I think franchise tag is most likely Deal done. Second most likely for those wondering. And then third is just letting him hit free agency. I, I don't see the Bengals doing that because he's an asset and he's you know, obviously a valuable part of the team. Yeah, I think that's actually fourth. I think third would be a franchise and trade. Like, I, I think the franchise is happening and he's either going to play on the franchise tag. They're going to extend him or he'll get traded. I, I think there's no way they just say, you know what? 
go have fun in free agent. Like, there's well, no way uh, that happens, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they would trade him either, though. So, I, I they they could be tied because yeah, they just distant. That. That's not. Distant three and four. I mean, unless sure. unless it really came to an impasse, I, I think you know. But hopefully that doesn't happen. the 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 issue with safety is that the Seahawks gave Jamal Adams all that damn money. I mean, it just yeah. it just really screwed up the safety market. Because if we're talking like fourteen, fifteen million for Jesse Bates, sure. like that's a lot more palatable than eighteen million. And I, I and I'm on the side of the players. Like I want to see Jesse Bates get his and get paid, but the Bengals need to put every cent they can into the offensive line, and and that means that they might need to do some work to to mitigate the the cap hit for Jesse Bates, which might lead to the franchise tag as we're discussing to save a million dollars. But the other thing is is that when you do the extension, the cap hits in year one can be lower, and they can manage the cap hit in year one. So that is something that the Bengals will have to consider as well as they try to manage the cap and their cash spend and all these things because they, they do have to maximize the window they're in. And Jesse Bates, Von Bell, great safety pairing, will be a part of that. Yeah, I, I agree. You have to maximize. And, well, you know, we'll have plenty of time, plenty of analysts on to, to talk about that, break down the cat, break down all of those things um, for you. So that's why you come here to Locked on Bengals. So don't worry. We got you covered there. But the, the Bates – Again, I come back to it. I just don't know if the Bengals are going to say, you proved it. You proved us or you proved yourself right. You did enough to get that when they have the leverage. You know, like, like that's the beauty in it. They have the leverage in their mind, in their mind, because, of course, go get paid, Jesse. I I do wonder if the playoff run changes things for them because he was just nails in the playoffs, right? Like he had, he still had the tackling issues, right? Like he missed a tackle on a big Cooper Cooper Cup run after catch or something in the Super Bowl, and so that that came up here and there, and that's just going to be probably part of how he plays. But he was really good in the playoffs, great in the playoffs, and so it'll be interesting. That that'll be that'll be fun to see if they just pony up the money or or what they try to do there. It'll also be really interesting to see, just as like a general note how they structure contracts this offseason. We talked about this a lot going into free agency last year. We talked about the unique opportunity the Bengals had to, to change the way they structure deals a little bit, to, to put more of the cap hit on the tail end with the cap projected to go up so much. We'll see if the Bengals do any of that this year. They've also got three defensive tackle free agents that I think need to be a priority, at least one or two of them. Uh, I would like to see the Bengals acquire three tech too. I wouldn't be opposed to the Bengals drafting a defensive tackle in the first round, but we're not talking about the draft quite yet. That's going to be coming soon. The draft just, uh, what, six, eight, ten, ten weeks away, ten weeks away, ten a couple weeks. months away. Um, Larry Ogunjobi, Josh Tupo, and BJ Hill. I've been on the extend BJ Hill train all year. He's just about 27 years old. Larry Ogunjobi is 28 years old. Josh Tupo is 28 years old. Ogunjobi, I assume, would command the biggest contract out of these guys just because of the sack numbers. He was the, the he had the Pro Bowl votes. But I'm still on the extend BJ Hill train, and Larry Ogunjobi's injury could complicate things. But beyond DJ Reader, there's like nothing. There's Tyler Shelvin, and and there's virtually nothing, right? And so one of these guys at least I think needs to be back for, for 2022. And I think that's going to be an interesting decision for this front office to make. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, 
I wouldn't be shocked if they're both back with that Larry Ogunjobi injury. I, I think it does complicate it a little bit. I don't know if he's going to get huge dollars um, because of the inconsistent inconsistency that he showed. And who knows? You know, when you add that injury to it, maybe you know teams aren't willing to give up huge money. BJ Hill, I, I agree. I mean, you want to prioritize him. What a steal he was in the Billy Price trade. Um, so yeah, I, I think th- there's certainly a path where th- both of those guys come back, but certainly Hill to me, I, and, and maybe again, maybe a, a team teams will value him more because they watch it that closely and that in depth versus a guy like Ogan Joby. But from a fan perspective, from a, and not even that, like a Q rating perspective and a profile perspective, I think Larry Ogan is a bigger name. But I would be shocked if the Bengals didn't have Hill slightly higher on their priority list. Well, what is a Q rating? Q rating, Q score is like uh, like celebrities. Like celebrities have it, you know. And so, like, okay. are you a villain? Are you that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got so it. So you're you're the villain. I'm the hero. Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think one of, one or two of those guys back. Everyone knows I love Josh Tupo. I, I do think that. Maybe a little redundant, but was really helpful to have Josh and even Zach Kerr, right? Like it was helpful yeah. to have some of these bigger guys for like the Titans matchup. And and I think the Bengals really enjoyed that flexibility they had with defensive tackle. What they're really missing is a Geno Atkins type. And the Geno Atkins type is really rare and hard to find. The Javon Hargrave type, the Aaron Donald type, the penetrating three tech who can create havoc in the backfield. Ogan Joby does that. Um not at the level of some of these other guys. The, the splash plays fantastic, great game changing at times. Uh, but like you said, James needs to be a little bit more consistency there. The other, the only other guys to really talk about, I think are Eli Apple, Ricardo Allen, Trey flowers. To me, they would all be low priority guys, but they all had roles. Ricardo Allen was a rotational piece. Eli Apple should not be starting for this team next year. I apologize. He was paid like a backup. He did his job as a backup. If I'm the Bengals, I'm looking to get better at CB2. Who are you apologizing to? uh, I don't know. To Eli, maybe. You know? I don't know. Uh, Trey Flowers, another one that's interesting, is a guy that found a rotational job. But again, if I'm the Bengals, I really like my my core in the secondary. Mike Hilton, Chidobe Awuzie, Jesse Bates, Von Bell. And I'm trying to find that other piece. Yeah. Uh, flowers and Apple, if he wants to delete social media. Yeah. Um, they're fine backups. Like, I'm fine bringing them back. But you, you obviously need to, to upgrade Trey Waits, right? That's the spot. That's what Eli Apple – that's what he deserves credit for. He hid the Trey Waynes mistake for a lot of the year. But – now you have to write that wrong and you can't bank on Eli Apple doing that. And I already went in on him for the social media nonsense. So I don't need to do that again on this show. If you missed it, the end of Wednesday show, you're in for a treat. You can check it out there. Um, so, so that's how I, I view it, right? He, he hid that Trey Wayne's issue because otherwise it, it was an upgrade from LaShawn Sims in 2020, but now they need to find the next Trey Wayne's and that might be in the draft. Right. And by that, what I mean, I mean, uh, a potential number one corner down the line or a one a along with the Uzier. 
And, and so that's that's what they need to find. Maybe it's the draft. Maybe it's in free agency. That would be a lot of money to invest in the secondary, though, if you're paying Bates. But and they you're do. Paying another corner, and they that do. Is something and they, they prioritized do historically. It. Yeah. And they've prioritized it. And, and um, you know, at 31, it, you know, I could certainly see them a corner being on the table. I haven't dove into it yet. I know some of the corners out there. I'm just saying it could be. But uh, if not, then, uh, yeah, I think they'll be very active, very aggressive to, to try to add a proven corner. And I think that's what Lou Anaruma likes. Yeah. Anyways, so would not be would not be shocked at all if they go after a proven commodity. And then maybe they still bring back Eli Apple or someone. I don't think so, yeah. but you never know. Yeah, and it's a pretty good group at corner in free agency. J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore headlining it, but Carlton Davis, a younger guy. Chavarius uh, uh, Ward, who Bengals fans aren't very high on because Jamar Chase had a game against him. It's a pretty solid corner from Kansas City. I think they'll try to bring him back. D.J. Reed, Dante Jackson. These are some guys that are in free agency this year. Razul Douglas, still kicking around out there, had Man. a great year. Um, if, if you could get DJ Reed to go with DJ Reader, that would be mm, fun. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Anyway, those are the Bengals defensive free agents. The other guy we haven't discussed, James, is probably the most important free agent in the history of this franchise. That is Clark Harris. Protect Clark Harris. Bring him back at all costs. Kevin Huber. Kevin Huber, I believe, is going to retire. That is a guess. But if I'm Kevin Huber... I'm, I'm, I mean, he, I guess you try to get told, pigs, you're a punter, but... He told Dan Hoard like a month ago he wanted to play next season, so... Yeah, all right, there you go. I, 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 maybe it changed, the, but... Then if I'm the Bengals, I'm, I'm looking to get a little bit better at that spot. Fair, yeah. I think that's why they've been uh, flirting with Cr- yeah. Drew Christman so much this, yeah. this year. <laughs> anyway, specialists aren't... We're not going to extend the show too long to talk about the specialists. We've been short lately. We went a little bit longer today with the Zach Taylor extension stuff and the conversation around Zach Taylor as a head coach. We'll talk more about that. It'd be fun to have a debate about that sometime. And I don't know. We probably have to find some guests, find some some people with really strong opinions about this and about the play calling versus the, the, the locker room stuff and the chemistry. I think that could be fun. Maybe we'll do that at some point this offseason, talk about the extension, talk about the opinions of Zach Taylor and this coaching staff. But we got through all the free agents as well. And at some point, James, in the near future, it's going to be time for a mock draft Monday. I don't know if it'll be next week, but it's coming. We, we, we haven't, I haven't said that. I mean, I've said it, but we haven't done it, man, in like over a year, right? Maybe not over a year because the draft not, was not, less yeah, than a year Not over ago. a year. Yeah. But- what are you drinking up there in Canada right now? I mean, goodness. Less COVID time, man. COVID time is weird. Anyway, we might do a <laughs> mailbag tomorrow, folks. We haven't done one for quite a while either. So keep your eyes out on the Locked On Bengals Twitter account in case we do. Until next time, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.